Welcome, interniblets, to episode 26 of Blastro Podcast. This is the second episode in our ongoing road chirp from Chicago, Illinois, to the city of Scotland in the United Kingdom. I'm not in the pod chamber today, but rather I've adopted the Belordo family battle van as my mobile recoursing studio. My mission? To reach the Scottish Muirs and defeat my uncle's terrible foe, the Wyvern. Why? Just because! Now all I need to do is find a jest. Oh shit! A jest! Ahoy, human! Do you have any gasoline? Or blood? What? Oh, (laughs) how very rude of me. You're a living human being. Of course you have blood. Hey, you want to get into this van and talk into a cylinder for 45 minutes? Wait, are you crazy? Hey, shut up, voice of madness! No, I am not crazy. I am Dottore Bellordo, man of science. See? Check out my scholarly robras. Nice hemline. Grazies. Italian Renaissance doctor, eh? Are you cosplaying Malfato from Assassin's Creed? Cosplaying? I'm not sure what you mean, but I had my mother sew my robras together for me. Are you on your way to your first con? No way! I've pulled off lots of cons! One time I offered to pay my servants all the diamonds they could eat, and then when the chores were done, I had already eaten all the diamonds! Now I can poop a laser bean. Sure you can. Hey, if you're headed to Mechemical City Con, I could use a ride. Uh... Great! Um, come in? Move over. I'll drive. <laughs> Wait! Are you hijacking the battle van? Yep. Why? For science! Jest, um, welcome to the battle van for episode 26 of Blaster Podcast. It's good to see you. Do you have a weapon? Well, if you consider a sparkling personality a weapon, oh, then God. maybe. <laughs> You've weaponized a personality! I'm a monster. Well, I, I guess, uh, welcome, monster, uh, to uh, Blaster Podcast. Now, uh, just uh, for my listeners, you have just uh, absconded control of the battle van. You're driving us to the Mechemical City Con. Uh, so, hey, let's just, uh, have an interview. Who are you, madam? Oh, sure. Uh, my name is Lauren Fates, and I write a blog. It's called Geek Girl Chicago, and I write about things like conventions, like the one that we're going to right now. Aren't you excited? It's your first con! Yeah, my first con! Happy first con! Happy first con. Detore is your name? My name is Detore Valerdo, man of science, and this is my family's battle van. I am taking it to Scotland to fight the wyvern. Is, is, does the van participate in the battle, or does it just take you to the battle? Well, you know how, like, for a bar mitzvah, like, the kid and the family will all get in the bar mitzvah van and then drive to the bar mitzvah zone? Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, it's similar to that. Oh, so great. when you're preparing for a battle, you go to the battle van, you get your uh, your battle robes on, you bring your battle snacks, and then you drive to the battle. And you, do you bring battle birds? I hear birds. Dark secret about the Bolordo family battle van. <laughs> it's a hybrid, okay? So it runs partially on electricity, partially on gasoline, and partially on the blood of birds. That sounds efficient. Yes, 
It's a, it's an efficient scenario. We have a cage of Kaja birds in the trunk, and we just let them roll around all there all day. They have fun in the dark, and then we, you know, when we run out of fuel, we pull them out, stick them in the bird juicer, and turn them into bird juice. Uh, shove them into the uh, gas can. Uh, Detroit birds are more active in light. In light of what? The sun. The sun of who? The sky. Forget it. Forget it. The sky, Detore. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Birds are more active in the light? Yes. If you cover them up, they think it's nighttime. They'll go to sleep. That's good. Maybe that's why your van isn't working. Are they going to sleep? (laughs) See, Lauren, Geek Girl Chicago, the birds do not propel the van through their physical motion. I must convert them into chemical energy and then put that into the mouth of the van. And the van digests it. Just like gasopoline. Ah, I think I understand. Me too. <laughs> so, you are Lauren the Fates, but you're also called the Geek Girl Chicago. Yes. You run a blogger? Yes. What is a blogger? Uh, it is a place on the internet where people can visit and read the things I write. And I write interviews of celebrities. I write uh, coverage of conventions where I take lots of photos. And I review products sometimes, too. So you're like a journalist. Yes. What made you go into covering the geek world of Chicago rather than, like, war? Well, uh, I think you should write what you know, and given that my sparkling personality is my only weapon, Mm -hmm. war is not something I am an expert on. I have, however, been a geek into various fandoms since I was wee. So you might as well write what you know. Wee! Wee! A tiny one! A wee one! Oh, I I understand. You're speaking in the vernacular of the uh, Scottish people. Preparing me for the battlefield against the wyvern. Yes, I'm trying. I, I try to be helpful. I appreciate that. We have a sparkling personality. <laughs> so you are knowledgeable about Geek World? Yes. And you say fandoms. What's a fandom? Uh, a fandom is when you enjoy a specific piece of media. So maybe you enjoy a show or a comic book uh, and you enjoy the characters and the story so much that you invest a lot of your attention and time into. Uh, reading and exploring or making art or otherwise loving that specific thing. That's a fandom. So Star Wars is a fandom. Doctor Who is a fandom. There might be a Blaster Podcast fandom. There probably is. A fandom and Blaster Podcast? Woo! We need to hire the... <laughs> we don't need to hire anybody. <laughs> we need to, to call the, the Ghostbusters. Oh, I'm thinking about Egon and being sad. Why? Detore, <laughs> Ghostbusters don't live forever. <laughs> what? They themselves will eventually become ghosts? Yeah, it's, no! really, it's really tragic. There's, In fact, there's lots of fan art about that, about Egon now being a ghost and his, his former friends trapping him <laughs> in a horrific afterlife machine. Okay. What? Okay. What? Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to wrap my noogle about this. So, we're all familiar with Sakamon, the popular uh, uh, series of video games and uh, trading cards where you have to catch them all. Pokemon. Sac- uh, I believe it's pronounced Sakamon. <laughs> uh, you, you go around with your loose-fitting sack, and you capture animals, and then you release them at each other in the street or in an alley and have them fight. Right, and they fight... But they just go unconscious in a family-friendly way if they are defeated. Exactly. And you gotta collect them all. Right. So, what if... The Sakimon monsters are ghosts of things that were alive. And the kids with their sack of sacks, they go around and they capture these ghosts like ghost mustards. You see what I'm saying? Could it be any clearer? There is a 
a ghost type of of Pokemon. Sacramon. Yes, there are ghost ones. Ghost ones. Can you name five? <laughs> Can I name five? Oh man, Haunter is one. <laughs> Haunter S. Thompson, the ghost journalist. He is a ghost now. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, too soon. Too soon. I can't. I don't think I could name five ghost Pokemon. There's one that looks like Ghostly Keys. I don't remember its name. What's Ghostly Keys? Keys that maybe open a haunted house. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Are they the keys to the Phantom Tollbooth? Yeah. To get in there, you need a ghost key. Yeah. After they went through like the original 150 Pokemon, mm-hmm. they they started running out of ideas. So yeah. there's one that just looks like keys. There's <laughs> one that just looks like like a sword. There's some that might might be real animals that I think people are capturing. Like there's one that is called seal. <laughs> I've I've gotten in many arguments over how do you know it's a seal or a seal. Well, if it's a Pokemon. Uh, Sakamon Seal. I'm sure that it says its name over and over again. Okay. Right? Don't they go? They do. He so he the, theoretically squirtle, squirtle. the seal would be going seal seal seal. But what if there was a Pokemon named or 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 or? Then what would we do? <laughs> I don't know. This is a question for the ages. We're gonna need to uh, to summon the king of the fandom to come down from his fandom wing fighter and t- tell us exactly what it is. I'm sorry, I assume the king of the fandom was male. That's a typical <laughs> stereotype. It's really sexist. I'm sorry. Uh, Lauren. Yes. Okay, we talked about how you're a urinalist. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not always urinalating. No. <laughs> Sometimes you're having fun. Yeah. What do you like to do in your fun days? Oh, um, I enjoy making costumes, uh, sometimes based on fandoms, actually. Uh, my most recent costume was Daenerys from Game of Thrones, which is a popular fandom right now. Uh, I also make audiobooks um, and play video games. You make audiobooks, you play video games. I'm not an outdoors person. No. No. Well, you're out here on the open road with the Tore today, so you're coming out of your comfort zone. Thank goodness. Yeah. I, I'm in a car, though, which is superior to walking. There's at least a roof now. That's right. You're well protected by the tortoise shell roof of the Belordo <laughs> family battle van. We, got, we made it from a big old tortoise. I didn't make it. I'm not too handsy. But so, we, we had a handsy man do it. <laughs> it sounds like it's been passed down. It's someone... Way earlier in the timeline than you. It has been passed through many generations of Bolordos. Hurts, but it's <laughs> worth it. <laughs> uh, Lauren. Yes. You are uh, an online boggler. Uh-huh. Tell us of the challenges you have encountered in your time in boggling. Oh, um, I would say <laughs> the biggest challenge is having a writing quota every month. And sometimes you just have nothing to write about. Sometimes you just, there's nothing going on in the city. And there's no really big movie that I'm into or big convention coming up. And then you just, you you still have to write though. You have to force yourself to do it. And so in that case, I'll normally do something uh, opinion based. Like um, stuff about gender and how females are being treated at this time in the fandom. Or uh, actually, one of my more recent ones was just how much I hate Mulan 2, the Disney movie. And it got a lot of traffic for being something that I just sort of did because I had nothing else to write about. You really hit an untapped vein of hatred (laughs) 
for Disney's straight-to-video spinoffs. In the community, yeah, they came out of the woodwork to say, ah, you think Mulan 2 is bad? Have you seen Lilo and Stitch 2? Uh, yeah. I could see you and Stitch having a lot to talk about. Yeah, he's like a scientifical experiment. Mm -hmm. And he eats whatever, and he doesn't gain a pound. It's unfair. I, I have that trait. You can eat whatever? Mostly. Really? Except What's the weirdest thing you've ever ate? Uh, well, <laughs> the weirdest thing I ever ate was one time when I was a child, uh, I was very hungry, and I had a box of chocolates, and I ate the chocolates, and then I ate the box. <laughs> <laughs> you must have been real hungry. Is Were you real... a, Dick and, a Dickensian orphan? What was going on? Why would you eat the box? <laughs> I'm told, I don't know the science behind it, but I'm told if you have weird cravings like that, you have some sort of vitamin deficiency, so maybe I was just... Craving something that was in paper. Huh. I don't know. Or I just was a big weirdo. That's a possibility. <laughs> That's possible. <laughs> I'm not going to rule that one out. Uh, one time my idiot roommate uh, ate the skull of an eel. The skull? Yeah. He didn't He didn't swallow it, so I don't know if you'd count it as eating. But was he... the flesh just not satisfactory? The flesh enough? was on there, but he misinterpreted the severed head of the eel as part of the sushi that you eat. <laughs> they need to put a label on that stuff Yeah, it should say Eat every other part of this eel That's lying on little beds of rice Even though the head is on a bed of rice The head is decorative Right, don't eat that mm -hmm. It's on a pillow of rice And the rice is apparently decorative too He ate it Did it have eyeballs? No, the eyes were removed The flesh, the skin was uh, desiccated And shrunken into This the sounds like a horror show Why would you put it into your mouth? He thought that he was being culturally e exploitive. <laughs> he thought that he was having an adventure in gastronomy. But he, and he did have an adventure. <laughs> he had a story and he told it to me. Oh, great. And I stole it from him with my story sucker, the special device I put on his head and neck. And it extracts <laughs> stories by hurting him until he tells me stories. It's oh, pretty futuristic. That sounds just like torture to me. Actually. It's to torture. It's not torture. Oh, that's totally different. Yeah, it's educational. It's for his own good. I'm a good teacher. I want teacher the uh, day award from Belordo <laughs> Academy of Sciences. Are there enough teachers at the academy that someone can get the award every day? Oh, we went under, you know, <laughs> Obama. Uh, Lauren. Yeah. You uh, you are Geek Girl Chicago. Mm -hmm. Do you write exclusively about Chicago things? For the most part. Um. When I started my blog, I originally was having a hard time deciding where the boundaries were going to be because there are so many people writing about this culture now that it, it starts to get redundant. And so I write about Chicago because uh, anyone can write about the movie Spider-Man 2. You can write about that worldwide, but where is the coolest Spider-Man 2 premiere party in this city that's exclusive or much more rare information. And so people from Chicago read my blog because it's relevant to their city. Um, the furthest, and it's not very far, I think. Um, I recently was a guest at a Comic-Con in Indiana, and so I, I'm kind of doing Midwest now, but the area, it's local. I mean, the great thing about Chicago is that it, it has such a <clears throat> stench that it can infect other regions nearby. Yeah, Everyone wants to be like Chicago once they smell Chicago. Yeah. Once you smelled it, it gets in your blood. That's and why you... I haven't moved. No, me neither. <laughs> I barely moved at all in the past six years. I can tell. You, you have a glorious tummy. Yes, yeah, I have a sparkling uh, <laughs> fat to skin <laughs> ratio. But mostly that's because it's hot outside and I'm sweating a little bit. 
Uh, Lauren. Does wait? Does the does the pedal van have air conditioning? I was kind of wondering. Oh, it has it. It's just not very good. It's uh, it's a uh, radiant cooling. So we pump cold water through all the floorboards. You notice how there's kind of a sweaty sheen on those floors? Yeah. And the cool will rise, of course, due to convunction. And then you cool down. Are are you hot in here? Well, I'm getting there, but I'm more worried about your sheen. My sheen? Yeah. Don't worry, my sheen takes care of itself. <laughs> Don't rage against my sheen. Uh, thank you. Because <laughs> uh, if you're... Is there a ghost? Is there a haunt in the in the sack of van? Uh, if you if you are hot, I'm a little bit concerned about all the crows that I have in the trunk. Should we check on them? Nope. All right. If you check on them, then they get attached to you, and then it's so much harder to shove them in the wood chipper. Yeah, I guess you don't want to grind your own pets down to fuel. No, you do. That's why I have them back there. Well, right, but not not like your emotionally attached pets. Then every t- like if you named them, mm-hmm. every time it would just be a tragedy. Right. Is it like that? Is that what it's like? I don't understand what it's like to care for an animal oh. or a person. You've never had a dog or a cat? I had a doge, but it was confusing because that was my uncle's title in, in, in the Renaissance. Uh, so I guess no, technically no. All right. No. Uh, 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 Lauren. Yes? Tell us about the notable celebritudes that you have hobnobbled with and rubbed elbows upon. Oh, sure. Um, I think my favorites recently, uh, when I went to the last Chicago TARDIS, I got to interview... Why is a Chicago TARDIS? What is Chicago TARDIS? Yes. It is a Doctor Who convention celebrating the British sci-fi hit Doctor Who. Uh, you don't love it, do you? I don't love it! Oh. I had a... Mm, I have a rival who's a real asshole named Doctor Why. He is legally distinct from Doctor Who. Oh. But he thinks he's so smart! Is he British? He's British. He's very handsome. He thinks he's so cool, he drives around in a space coffin, and he messes with time and space, and that's not science. I don't mean to be rude, but could his machine get us to the convention faster than the battle van? Oh, yeah. Lickety-spit. Ugh. Sorry. I mean, yay! Yay! So you went to Chicago Tardinus. Yes, and I got to interview the fifth and the sixth Doctors. Doctor Who's been around for so long that 12, or technically I guess 13, now different gentlemen have played the Doctor. And so uh, the fifth and sixth, I got to interview them. Uh, Additionally, my other favorite uh, person that I've met, at least recently, her name was Ashley Eckstein, and she is the voice of Ahsoka in the Star Wars Clone Wars cartoons and... Uh, I met her, and she actually featured me on her website as Fangirl of the Day, because we both do sort of young female fangirl empowerment. And uh, we have a picture of us together in which I'm wearing a blonde wig, and we look sort of like sisters. And I hope to see her again someday. She was very sweet and talented. Are you going to do a single white female on her and take her identity by looking like her sister and then... Grabbing her into a, a sack and trapping her there for all time? Um, if I'm honest, that was my plan, mm-hmm. and then Clone Wars got cancelled, so I don't want her life anymore. <laughs> Ooh, savage burn. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not her fault. It's just Disney. Yeah, thanks, Disney. Whatever that is. Let's talk about the most important element of being a blogger. Of course. Sweet gear. Uh-huh. And style and swag. You ever get some cool swags that they give you to review? Sure. Uh, most of my product reviews, uh, I really like to 
embody the fact that you can be feminine and you can be a girly girl and also be a real geek. And so I do a lot of cosmetics type reviews. So things like Star Wars themed nail polish I have a lot of and Firefly eyeshadows and perfumes are really cool. Uh, my favorite piece of gear came uh, actually from PAX East, which is a convention, a gaming convention. It is a backpack shaped like a claptrap from a video game called Borderlands. Borderlands! Do you know it? Of course. Oh. I'm surprised. Yeah. I had so much trouble crossing over the Borderlands when I emigrated to the United Snakes. Oh, okay. It, yeah. It is like that. That's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It was super hard. <laughs> <laughs> they rolled me, you see. They disguised me. They painted me, spray painted me black and made me hold this long rope and disguised me like a bomb. And they said, don't worry, we're going to roll you across. The border guards will have no problem letting you in. Well, and no one wants to be by a bomb. So I'm sure everyone just fleed away from you when you got right by. You would think, but they sicked the bomb dogs on me. And boy, were they upset that I wasn't a real bomb. But then they were upset that I taste a little like sausage. And then they were less upset when they started pulling chunks of me out. <laughs> and then I was upset. But uh, all of my buddies that were trying to get me across the border, they used that as a distraction. They got straight across. Those sound like really good friends, Dottore. Yeah, now they have a lucrative drug business. <laughs> and that's science. It is science. That's what Breaking Bad tells me. It's, it's chemistry. What's chemistry? Drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, thank you. I'm trying to cut back. Oh, all right. I'll just put these away then. Okay. Gulp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lauren. 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 Oh, what? Lauren, I think you, I think you better pull over the van. Oh, jeez. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, right away. Uh, sure. Are you going to throw uh, up? Uh, no, I'm not going to throw up, but something's going to... You know what's coming? No. no. It's the episode 26, Lauren Fates, all about geek culture lightning round review! What? Brought to you by Pritos. We're the mass you just can't pass. Lauren... Yes. Are you prepared for the lightning round review? I don't even know what it is. Great. Let's dive right in. Question number one. Is robbing a liquor store while wearing a mask an example of sock play? No. Correct. Question number two. Which would you rather uncontrollably do? Bamf, snicked, or squee? Ah, snicked like Wolverine all day. Correct. Question number three. I thought so. If you get bitten by a geek, how many hours before you turn? Oh... No, this is a trick question, because everyone is a geek about something, so you already were a geek all along. Yes, nailed it! Correct! Ha! Question number four. Raceland Majir. Golden geek or hourglass dower ass? The latter. Correct! I thought so. Question number five. How many gallons of sex has Peter Dunklage collected from geeks this year? Oh, infinite. Correct! Like really, like, uncategorizable infinite. <laughs> infinite gallons of sex. <laughs> I didn't think that question could get grosser. <laughs> but you did it! Congratulations, Lauren! You answered all of the lightning round review questions! Yeah, awesome! Did I win something? You, uh, you want, hmm, you want a bird? It, a living bird? Is it alive? <laughs> no. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Hey, you're welcome. Loris. Yes. Is that my new name? What? What's Sorry. Your, what's, your na- what's your new name? Laurel. Yes. What is a geek? What is a geek? Uh, what is a geek? Well, uh, I kind of got into this in the lightning round review, actually. I really believe... I don't remember what happened. Well, that's why I'm going over it again, if you just showed some patience. <laughs> I'm a doctor. 
I patients show me things like warts, goiters, oysters. And, and what a geek is. And what a geek is. Yes. So yeah, I, I had one with an infected geek the other week. Did not look good. I had to lance the geek. Ew, what happened? <laughs> All his geek juice came out. Ugh. Yeah, and it smelled like an old onion. Well, but I am a doctor. Most that, That's characteristic of a few bodily fluids, actually. Anyway. Which ones? A geek is okay. someone who loves uh, a particular thing so, so much that they devote a large part of themselves to their love of that thing. So geek, I think, for a long time, was really more centered around the sort of socially ostracized dork who liked comic books and maybe was good at math or whatever. But now, you know, I truly believe you could be a geek about anything. If you're really into a sports team, I think you could be a sports geek. If you really like to go fishing... I think it could be a geek about fishing. You know, you just you just love something a whole lot. So James Bond is kind of like a death geek. Yeah. Like he knows a lot of ways to kill. He's a geek bad about murder. Skis. He's a geek about gadgets. He's a ladies. geek about chauvinism. Yeah, I mean, honestly, a little I, bit. I was just uh, looking at uh, the one of those James Bond movies the other mm-hmm. day. It was on Netflix. It's called The Living Nightlights. Yeah. And the, there's a geeky man named Q who invented magical inventions for him. He is, yeah. And he gives James Bond a special set of car keys, which emits a knockout gas. Not a re- not so much a real thing. But uh, they also explode, and there's a microphone in them, and James Bond sings a song, to, to whistles a song to make them gas, and he whistles a different song to make them explode. And the song he whistles to make them explode is a wolf whistle from cartoon Wolves Going Hubba Hubba. Oh no, because you could do that by accident really any time if you're James Bond. He does it constantly. That's how he shows affection. Wow. Lots of accidental murder from James Bond. You know how I show affection? How? I secrete spores from my ponce. Oh, do you reproduce asexually? Well, I try not to. It's happened. (laughs) It's more in heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt of in our comic books. I hope I never see one. You never see uh, uh, my offspring? A baby Dottore, yeah, I don't want to... I'm sorry. Oh, hey, thanks. <laughs> F you, man. Yeah, I accidentally... I don't, be- I don't believe that all babies are cute, Dottore. I, I accidentally fertilized my kobold servant, Balnas, uh, through a, a, an aerosol-like spore that in insemininated in, in her. Man, you gotta get that under control. I did. She laid an egg clutch and I ate them. All right, well, population control, at least. <laughs> you have a very blasé opinion of this. You know, this there's a lot of people in the world, Dottore. Infanticide. There's already too many. <laughs> So <laughs> well, all right. It's getting it's getting pretty heavy here. Yeah, science dude. Science dude. Okay, I'm a science dude. Uh huh. You said a geek is somebody who is very very passionate about a particular thing. Yeah, you could be a science geek. But sometimes people are like, oh, that is geeky, mm-hmm. right? So what makes something intrinsically geeky? Is that even a term that's worthwhile nowadays? I really don't think it is. I think uh, it started out as an insult. People used it to hurt other people's feelings. And then those who were geeks and proud of it, those who were saying, yeah, I I do love science fiction. I do want to read Ender's Game in public. So F you. Uh, They started calling themselves geeks. And now... Anyone who tries to use it as an insult, that's sort of archaic. It doesn't it doesn't really work. It's such a widely accepted term now. It doesn't I'm not gonna say it means nothing, but it can really mean whatever you want it to. Alright. 
I need to geek the garbage later this afternoon, because it's starting to geek. Fair. You geek what I'm geeking? I geek it. Okay, what about, it seems like there is a shift in the wind, Lauren, oh. of the America. I can't speak to other nations, uh, but in the United Snakes of America, it seems like the geek is uh, sort of rising to popularity. It's becoming a cool thing, rather than an ostracized thing. Why do you feel this is the case, and do you feel this is the case? I do. Uh, there's shows like uh, The Big Bang Theory and Cosmos is even really big right now. And reality shows like Heroes of Cosplay, they're all gaining mainstream popularity. And I've had this conversation a few times with people recently. All right, well, fuck it. No, I want to talk to you about it. It's okay. really interesting. Yes. Because I don't think we're ever going to go to a place where like comic books are ostracized and weird again where superheroes are ostracized and weird again like there's so many superhero movies now and so i think the next generation of people i don't know what it's gonna be but the weird thing that they like that makes them the bad sort of geek i don't think we know what that is yet i don't think we're gonna go backwards the next thing that makes a bunch of geeks and dorks and nerds who have to you know gather after school in a broom closet or something because they don't want to get beaten up they're gonna love something different i don't know what it is Excited to find out. So, uh, I guess uh, you said you don't think we're going to find a place where comic bookles or or, or superheroes uh, liking that stuff is is a is a, a a thing that will make you a social pariah again. You don't think that there's a pendular swing to this type of phenomenon where eventually people will say being a geek isn't cool anymore? Uh, I think it will, just like any other fashion. You know, I think it could go out of style. I think. There's going to be so many superhero movies that they're not going to be people's favorite thing to go watch anymore. But I I don't think it's... I watched five Spider-Man movies is going to get you you're, you're punched in the glasses anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> if it's just the glasses, it's okay. But once that, that force extends beyond the glasses into the eyebule, into my eyedom... Yeah, real problems. Yeah. You're a real problem. I gotta pay $800 for a new eye. <laughs> but the new eye is gonna be better. I'm gonna get a crocodile eye. <laughs> and crocodiles can see your fear, you know, it's science. Oh. Let's talk a little bit. If becoming a geek is cool, mm-hmm. some people might want to try their hand at geekness. Tell me a little bit about the phenomenon of gatekeeping in the geek culture. Yeah, so... uh. This is something that has gotten a lot of traction, I would say, in the news and at convention panels. Uh, Gatekeeping is this idea that there's some definition of a true geek or a real geek and that there's some unknown group of people or, or code that decides whether or not you can be part of the club. You know, I've been a fan of Green Lantern since before he had a movie, therefore... You're not a real fan, and I just think that's bogus, because everyone comes into a fandom in their own time and in their own way. Uh, There are people who have been reading Game of Thrones books for years and years and years. Have they made books of those? Yeah, I mean, a while ago. Oh, snicked. Yeah, so if you want to know what happens to the dragons... I want to know what happens to the dragons. 
Yeah, go go read them. Do they all go to the West to live with the elves because the age of man has come? If I told you the spoiler police would come after me, I I just can't. I hate the spoiler police. I know, they're all over the internet. They show up and they go, spoilers, you're getting the chair. No, I haven't even had a trial yet. I didn't even have a warning. In fact, spoiler police are a lot like the Soviet police. (laughs) The KG Beans. Are they still a thing? Hey, Russian fans, let me know if the KGB is still a thing. <laughs> uh, Russia's busy right now. I don't think they're going to call. They're not going to call the Dottori Belordo hotline, the red phone, the, not... br- the bread phone. Um, uh, so gatekeeping, if I can postulate a po- hypothesis, mm-hmm. if you think about it like a religion, okay, like if, if you have a particular religious group, like the mighty Jews who have suffered uh, uh, persecution, like, I, I don't mean to draw comparisons between... It's <laughs> <laughs> getting bad. Detroit. Between institutionalized uh, 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 punishment and incarceration and, and execution and uh, being punched in the glasses in the 1950s. I don't mean to... But I will draw that comparison. Um, so maybe it's like the people who, uh, after all that struggle, who are like, hey, I, I wasn't Jewish before, but I'm going to convert. Hey, guys, let me into your fun religion. Maybe the older generation could feel a bit of indignation because they have not suffered in the same... Those, these new whippersnappers, new people to the club, haven't suffered in the same way. And so they might be skeptical of their devotion, or they might say, Man, I was in the shit. Now you're aboard when it's all happy and fun, or you're a fair-weather member of my religion. Maybe there's a little bit of that in geek culture. If the, the dyed-in-the-wool geeks grew up being persecuted... And then they see it's cool, and all of a sudden new people are coming. They might say, hey, man, you didn't pay your dues. You didn't stamp your geek card. Yeah, and I will admit there was a phase in my life where I think I did feel that way. Because I was bullied severely as a child to the point where What was the funniest incidence of bullying? (laughs) Oh, man, it's never funny, dude. Did you get uh, ever pushed into, like, a pile of garbage? Uh, I had someone write about the fact that I have a mustache in my uh, seventh grade yearbook. And then my mom laughed at it. She would she would not admit that that's true now. If she's listening to this, she's going to be so mad that I said that because she was so supportive. And it's like totally Mother's Day on Sunday. And I love you, Mom. And I'm sorry. Anyway. Wait a minute. You were apologizing to your mother when she was laughing at some kid's insult to you? I just know from what sort past of, experience. What sort of crazy brainwashing has she done to you? When I talk about my You're mom a bad on mother. podcast. You never loved her. She I'm helping remembers you. remembers things you differently like a bird from the trunk. than I do. Dottore, you're not helping. <laughs> oh, anyway. I'm not a psychiatrist. Here's the thing I believe about your, your point, though. Um, as someone who was bullied, I found it very frustrating that people who I would visually categorize or somehow label as the type of person who used to bully me, if they suddenly were reading a comic, uh, I I would feel really upset because, gosh darn, I was just tortured for years for this. I can't believe you want to like Star Wars now. But, you know, uh, the, what I came down on was... Why would I want to keep anyone from loving these things that I genuinely feel are so great? If we all started enjoying more genres of film and started reading more types of literature, I think we would all start understanding each other a little bit better. And so I really I really do want to welcome everyone in the hopes of maybe someday preventing bullying. Additionally, though, um, like fashion... Geek is trendy right now, but fashion fades and people lose interest. And I think anyone who's not truly into it, anyone who doesn't truly want this to be their lifestyle forever, 
just like, you know, we don't really wear bell-bottoms right now, or in the future, maybe we'll wear more stuff that lights up and looks totally sweet. They'll get over it. They'll leave. Uh, <clears throat> speaking of people who are into the geek culture, sometimes these people get together and they just cluster. They fill up the inside of buildings and they just swarm around each other. And... Yeah, like the convention we're going to, right? Exactly. We're going to the convention, right? Well, I guess you're driving the car, lady. Okay, good. So tell me, what is a convection? Uh, it is a weekend long, usually a weekend long celebration in which people get together. And they get to see panels of people who are either experts on their favorite fandoms or even maybe stars from the shows they love to watch. Uh, there's discussions on, you know, everything. Anything from how to sew a costume from a fandom to uh, gender in fandom or even just get everyone that's all going to get in a room and talk about how much we love My Little Pony. You know, there's all sorts of different panels. There's usually entertainment like bands or a costume contest. Uh, and usually the food is very expensive and the whole thing is very tiring. But it's basically a time to meet people who like the things you like and talk about uh, all the things you have in common. It's a big party that is both fun and educational. A big party that's fun and educational? Yeah. You know, most of my educational parties <clears throat> tend not to have the fun element, but they are exhausting. So school in, like, the 50s is what you're going for. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That was the best form of education we had. The rod. <laughs> the ruler mm -hmm. from the nuns. That's what, that's what I remember. You remember the nuns' ruler? Yeah. They, King of the nuns? Well, once they tried to convince me that I shouldn't be left-handed anymore. Of course, it's the devil. It didn't work. Oh, now you're still left-handed? Yeah. Prove it. Still the devil. Oh. Prove it. I guess you did steal my van. <laughs> and I, I, I can't just write for you. It's not hard. You can write? Can you not? Uh, how is a con different than the biannual Dottore's conferences that I am legally obligated to attend? Well, I, I don't know, Dottore. What happens at those? Me and other like-minded wizards and doctors uh, show up, and we listen to boring lectures, Hannibal lectures, uh, by experts and uh, drug company representatives who tell us about their findings on their latest uh, medicule technology. And at the end of it, I get continuing education credits, so I can continue practicing my education. Oh, well, it, that sounds like it's a type of convention. It doesn't sound like the type of one... Maybe I would go to. It's super boring. Well, and I'm not a detore. I'm not. I'm not qualified. No, you're left-handed. I know. They it is would for them. Just shove me right out that door, like immediately. They uh, might stick you in a sub detore category, <laughs> but really, all that is is a greased-up uh, ramp that slides down into a wood chipper, and then we use that to keep the lights on in the detore convention building. Uh, is everything that you own powered by living matter that is somehow obliterated? Yeah, I guess you could say I'm pretty green in that way. Oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, do they have maybe a costume contest, or is there entertainment at your convention? There's a coat check. Have you ever gotten someone else's coat? I've tried, but it hasn't worked out. All right. Well, it sounds like that is a convention, but maybe it's a more corporate convention instead of an entertainment it convention. It is kind of corporate. You know, going back to the coat thing, I think this is a really important conversation. Okay, let's go. Normally, they can tell which coat is mine because it's the size of a parachute. Um, whereas everyone else's coats are just like weird little wind socks that they put on their weird little bodies. Uh, so they can usually identify mine. And if I try to walk off with someone else's coat, it doesn't fit very well. Have you ever considered wearing other people's coats as, say, fashionable leg warmers? 
you know, I would like that, but I, I generate a lot of heat from the feet and leg area, so I like to keep them uh, relatively uh, unoccupied by uh, clothing. Uh, so that's why I have my scholarly robras, which just flow down like a powerful mamoo. I see. So most of you needs to be aerated at all times. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. I have tiny little spikes that roll over my skin to aerate it. <laughs> so they <laughs> expose oxygen into that, that fleshy soil that is my form. I'm glad that you are so aware of what your body needs. You can really continue living a healthy lifestyle. Maybe consider some parasites or machines. Just keep keep your entire self just aired out and fresh, Dottore. Consider parasites or machines? How are those going to help me? Dottore, yes. I'm in a van that is powered by bird blood. Uh, yeah. I don't know what you do in your spare time. That's true. You should listen to Blaster Podcast. I have. I listened to one with my friend Andy North. Who's your, you listened to it with him? Did you put one headphone into your ear no, and not, one into no, his? No, the episode with him on it, he wasn't there. I'd be very embarrassed if he was sitting right there while I listened to his episode. Oh, because he talked so much about shaking your body till the semen comes out. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't look him in the eye for, Works like for both weeks genders. after that. No, it's uh, dirty. Yeah. It's, it's dirty. He's a dirty bird. Mm-hmm. He's in the trunk right now. With don't, the bird? Don't tell the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hire him to keep the birds calm. He's a bird whisperer. Uh, what can a rookie expect? I'm sorry, what can a rocky expect if they go into a, a convention? Uh, well, there are going to be lots of people in costumes, and so you will probably get to see your favorite superheroes. They're not really the superheroes, they're just pretenders. Well, they are just pretenders, but you know, I've been thinking a lot about this, and I guess if real Wonder Woman wanted to go to the convention, she could easily be disguised. We wouldn't know. What would she wear, like a Spider-Man thing that covers her face? Well, yeah, actually, did you hear the story about Brian Cranston from Breaking Bad? He walked around a convention wearing a Brian Cranston mask and took pictures with people as a cosplayer, and then he took the mask off and was, Surprise! I am Breaking Bad! No, that's, that's awesome. That's my favorite, favorite story about Brian Cranston. Huh. No, I, do, I should try that. Do you think if I walk around with a Brian Christmas mask, and then go around and then go, Surprise! It's, I'm Breaking Bad! Yeah, because people would be like, Ah, it must be real Brian Cranston! He did this at that other con! And, and then you'd be disappointing them, and it would be funny. Yeah! But, but, but some of the finest humor I know is where I play a joke on someone, <laughs> and then they limp away. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, we talked about vegetables. Yeah. What is Coldplay? Coldplay cold plays a band. What is cosplay? Ah, Okay. Cosplay is exactly uh, kind of what I was referencing. It's when you dress up uh, in a costume that is maybe homemade, but also maybe purchased. Uh, so you can look uh, like your favorite character. And so if you're uh, walking into a convention and you're suddenly surrounded by Power Rangers, those are cosplayers. Now, why would somebody dress up as their favorite character? Oh, a lot of reasons. Um... For some people, it is an art form, you know, like some people paint, some people sing, some people make costumes and take a lot of pride in the craftsmanship and the accuracy of the costume. Uh, some people actually like to role play. I'm not really one of those people, but some people will actually go around and like theatrically act like the character, which is pretty cool. Like a Ren fair. 
Yeah. We've be- we've tested the metal of those those nautical individuals in that episode all about the Renaissance. They're wild. I went to They do a- weird things. They eat big chicken legs and they show their chest parts at each other. I went to a Ren Fair once dressed as a Doctor Who character. Was it Ren Fair Doctor Who? It was just Doctor Who having time traveled. Of course, because you could go to the Renaissance. Yeah, and I was hugged by many children. Oh, it was great. So I, that's that's the last aspect of why you might cosplay. It really adds a layer to the convention experience. And you um, can get a lot of kids to hug, hug you. Body. Yeah, how, just, how can I work on that? <laughs> well, maybe you could dress up uh, like a like Disney a, character. Oh yeah, is there a morbidly obese Disney character? I could think about that. I'll come back to you. Okay. There's there's some that are, you know, arguably overweight, but... Are... I want to be fat frozen. Okay. Okay. <laughs> frozen food section. <laughs> I'll help you with that. We could sew that up later. Thank it you. can be like Elsa. The hardest part is the braid and the hair. It's so difficult. <laughs> Elsa, but made of, like, TV dinner boxes. Yeah. It would be glorious. Yeah. My superpower is squeezy cheese. Yeah. Oh, man. What a good idea, Dottori. Thank you. But anyway, the bottom line is, uh, if you dress up as a character, you get to meet a lot of people and get a lot of photos taken and sometimes meet other people who like the same things you do. Uh, and you can enter contests and win prizes sometimes. It's really nice. And I, at least for one or two days at a convention, like to dress up so I get to have that experience. So in a way, wearing a costume is like a shorthand. It's saying, hey, I really like the aggro crag. So I dressed up like it. And then someone sees you and they go, OMG, LOL, WTF, the aggro crag. And they come up and they hug you. And they climb you because you're the aggro crag. Yes. Little do they know at the top is a hungry maw that will devour them, drain them of their blood, and then put that into the battle van. It sounds exactly like what you could do. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. I think we just workshopped a great Coldplay idea for me. Yes. Okay. What are some popular misconceptuals about a horseplay? Uh, Some people think that... Um, well, they're just generalizations, I guess, made about cosplayers. Like, all cosplayers are r- pretending to be the character and are role-playing, and I'm I'm not really into that. I'm just into sewing as an art form. Uh, some people think cosplay is a sexual thing, which, you know, I'm open to the idea. You can do that, but I would say more often than not, I put so much work into my costumes... I don't want to do anything sexual or really physically trying in it at all. Because if the lava comes out, it's going to ruin the it's costume. The worst, yeah. Yeah. And there the are lava from the aggro, Craig. Uh, I'm intrigued with this idea. Dottori, you're so happy with your idea. I am so proud of myself. <laughs> um, and I guess finally, there with cosplay, there's a lot of lines that people draw sometimes unfairly. Uh, a costume of lower quality might get less photos taken than a costume that is from someone experienced or someone who store-bought their costume might get some hate from someone who worked really hard. But again, I I think that's a waste of your time and your happiness. Just go put on a costume and have fun. You think if you're like a bad cosplay person, like, hey, I'm <clears throat> beer, beer container Boba Fett and I just wear all these Budweiser boxes. And someone else, like, you know, put the, okay, the time to 3D print a special Boba Fett costume made out of petrified rock. Uh, do you think that that's a little bit of the gatekeeping of, like, you you haven't proven your worth 
in our community, and therefore I get to be mean at you because you don't have the skills to pay the bills. Uh, yeah, that's, you know, absolutely what that is, and I don't think it's fair. Um, incidentally, at C2E2, I just saw a whole group of knights who made their armor out of beer cans and beer boxes, and I was in awe because I can sew fabric. I don't know how I, how I would use that medium to make something so amazing. And so if you are that Boba Fett who 3D printed their helmet, I think you're missing out on an opportunity to see art in a different way by going, ah, but what if I'd made it out of a beer can? Yeah. Yeah. Beer can aggro crag. Beer can aggro crag. <laughs> okay, artists out there, I want you to draw me a picture of Dottori Bologna dressed as beer can aggro crag. <laughs> With children. That's uh, not going to happen. I only have like two listeners. Hey. Hey. Know, I bet they're artists, though. I hope so. Everyone's an artist in their own way. Mm-hmm. I make mucus sculptures. Whoa. Yeah. That's how I make the big bucks. I sell it to a mucus distributor. Oh, I thought maybe you went to like a craft fair. I should go to a craft fair. Yeah. Craft fairs are kind of overwhelmed right now with stuff that isn't mucus sculptures. Mm-hmm. There's a There's a big wide open hole in that market. Go on. Get in the hole? (laughs) (laughs) Is this just like when I was in boarding school? (laughs) I'm accidentally luring you into innuendos. (laughs) Gork. (laughs) You could make a blooper reel of just your noises, and it would be seven hours long. Of course. Anyway. Anyway. Lorbit. Mm-hmm. You are geek girl, Chicago. I am. You're not geek, Chicago. So, my my wondering is, what's going on with gender in geek culture? More than ever before, uh, women of all ages are getting into geek culture. They're saying uh, they love these movies, they love these comics, they love these websites, and are going to comic shops and going to conventions and dressing up. And, um... There's just some degree of gatekeeping, just like we've been talking about. The idea that many men, unfortunately, remember a time when they felt very isolated and uh, maybe that women weren't interested in them or didn't share their interests and therefore now that women want to come into the treehouse and be part of the geek club, that they shouldn't be allowed. And I think that's very strange. Because I don't think female fans is a new concept. No. Are a new concept, I whatever. No. There are fans of all sorts. And I, for one, have, uh, I'm gonna be 30 and have loved Star Wars for as long as I think I've been able to speak. And I know that that's true for a lot of people, and so it really is hurtful when someone wants to quiz you on your knowledge or, like, take a picture with you in your costume and then as they walk away tell you that you don't really like it you just want attention from guys if i wanted attention from guys i wouldn't put 40 hours into making a costume there are much easier ways to socialize with other humans and so it's this kind of um sort of sad defense mechanism and again just like all other forms of gatekeeping i really wish we just welcomed everyone Uh, One of the biggest gender discussions I participated in recently was uh, Doctor Who, which I know you're a huge fan of. Uh, Stephen Stephen Moffat, the kind of runner of Doctor Who right now, 
uh, has come under a lot of fire for saying things that are kind of sexist and for his portrayal of women that are all in awe of the doctor and lack their own personality traits. And so uh, the geek community, I think, at least most of us, are really hoping that the next season with Peter Capaldi has some stronger, more uh, real women. Now, Doctor Who, he's a space alien. Yeah. Is he technically even a man? No, he's a Gallifreyan. Does he, he does he have a Peters? Uh there's lots of fan fiction out there oh, about that boy. that you can read. I, Some theorize mm. he has too. Oh. I'm not one of those people, but you know, two hearts, why not? Cuz I have two lungs. Yeah. I don't have two Peters. <laughs> I'm, pre- you, I'm pretty sure I only have the ones. <laughs> I haven't found any more yet. Well, yeah, I mean, you never know. Hope springs eternal. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that mole is going to really really uh, put his back into it this year and, and make some life changes. Uh, uh. Isn't that how evolution happens? Yeah, just instantaneously and based on sheer will. Mm-hmm. You will yourself to turn into a Peters. <laughs> Um, so gender issues, uh-huh. <clears throat> you see a lot of, uh, uh, dudes who feel like they've been, uh, absconded, mm-hmm. out, out, outcasted by ladies. And so when ladies start coming in, into their world and saying, we like this too, they feel defensive and want to protect their special thing. Sure. And I want to go on the record and say that that is nowhere near all men or even the majority of men, but... It's really easy, particularly in the internet age, to hear that. The voices are the loudest! Get the yeah. most press, Lauren! Right, exactly. <laughs> That's why you've won awards, Tatore. I have won award. That's one more award than I have, I have right now, Tatore. I have won award. <laughs> How's your podcast going, Lauren? I don't have a podcast. Should I? No, I don't want one. No, it's kind of a boys' club here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah... Okay, but gender issues uh, transcend uh, just uh, uh, the ladies. Uh, There's an interesting and perhaps misunderstood subculture of geek culture of boys who are into the reboot of the Mighty Little Pony series. They're called the Bronies. Yes, the Bronies. What is the deal with the Bronies? Uh, well, there's actually a great documentary on Netflix called Oh, never mind, Bronies. I'll just watch that. Well, you can, and if, but maybe your listeners don't want to, and so I will explain it to them. Uh, bronies are exactly what you said. They are guys of, again, all ages, men of all ages, back to this <laughs> Hello, two-year-old men. <laughs> Who love the show My Little Pony, the new one. And I've watched, I think, all but the most recent season of My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. And I can see why, uh, for the first time, it appeals to both genders. Because, uh, the girl characters aren't all frilly and feminine. They have diverse and interesting personality traits uh there are lots of male characters on the show and all of the lessons are very universal about friendship and caring about other people and it's also a very funny program and so i think uh bronies are misunderstood because everyone remembers my little pony from the 80s in which you just bought a pony toy and brushed its hair forever and that was pretty much all it did Mm -hmm. i have considered the idea that if this were the first My Little Pony there ever was, and it had always been so gender neutral, that if this would even be a problem at all. Huh. So it's a, a stereotype from an, an older age, which we have uh, applied to a modern product, a, pro- a modern franchise. 
I would say so. I mean, to be fair, all five main characters are girls, and I think... Are they girls? Aren't they horses? Well, they're female horses. They have no Peters. No. But they're horses. Right. Right. But can't they transform into girls? Isn't that part of the fun? There was one movie in which they did, and it was a weird film, and it is also on Netflix if you want to see it. This is sort of not canon. We're not crazy about that. Uh, I guess not. It was basically like a film about girls in high school going through high school problems, and they were like, maybe if we call this My Little Pony, more people will watch it. And I guess they did. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You know, like Spider-Man. He's a kid going through high school. And then they're like, how do we how do we get some of this nerd money? Well, let's have him be bitten by a radioactive scorpion, and then he becomes Spider-Man. That's how that works. Yeah, spiders were a big problem for me throughout my whole life. So, you know, that I find that relevant. Why are you so gatekeeping about spiders? I'm terribly arachnophobic. Well, now we know how to bring down <laughs> the great geek girl Chicago. It's been tried, and... It's very effective. (laughs) So, guys, uh, if you want to say hi to Lauren, send her a self-addressed stamped envelope filled with spiders, and she will get back to you in three to eight shrieks. Yes. Ooh, Lauren, look at the gas nobbler. Oh, my. I'm running out of gas. Oh. Oh. Does this mean I really don't want to see you slaughter any birds? That's okay. Uh, You don't have to look. Would you pull over to the side of the road? I guess so. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Carp, the battle van is out of cord, blowed it. Carp, Carp, Carp. Here. Carp, the battle van is out of cord, blood again. What's the problem over here? Oh! I think it's that you're filling it with blood instead of gasoline. You aren't helping, Laurel. We need to be problem solvents, not gas promotionalists. Now then. Let me borrow some of your blood real quick. No. Like, real quick! No! You're never going to get to the Mechemical City Con with that attitude, Loris! Oh, I'll find a way. Yeah? Who's gonna give you a ride to the con? Not who. Why. What? Nope. Why. Dr. Why. Whoa! Hello there, Lauren. Hi, Dr. Y. Dr. Y, my arch enemus. I'm sorry, who are you again? I'm Dottore! Right. All set then, love. Alonzi. Then off we go. Goodbye, Dottore. That's not my name. Bye, Dottore. Oh, God damn it. Now how am I supposed to get a tank full of car blood? Thank you, Satan! Sitting by the side of the road, putting a crow in the gas hole. Whoa! Lauren, you're back! Hi, Satori. Hi, Lauren! What, uh, what, what, Doctor, you went off with Dr. Y. What are you doing back here? Well, Dr. Y the charismatic and completely open-minded gent that he is. He's very handsome. Saw, yeah, I thought so in the beginning. Uh, well, basically, he saw that I was married and decided that I suddenly had to go back to my time. Oh, no, I was in a lot of danger. I don't think I was in any danger, Tatori. Seems like a flimsy excuse. Yeah, I shouldn't have worn my freaking ring today. You know... <laughs> <laughs> 
We see how much you value the institution of marriage. Well, uh, you marriage are, versus time travel to Torre for... You're missing out on gnarly sake. space adventures with an alien. Yeah, and I guess if he was just after my amazing body, it's probably fine that I'm back. And your sparking personality. Of course, always. Anyway, welcome back to the Earth Zone. Thanks. So, uh, ooh, you've been time traveling. Yeah. Do you know what time it is? Did I miss the convention? It's time for plugs! It's time for uh... plugs! It's time for plugs, not drugs, but plugs! Give me a hug! Don't. You betrayed me once, and I will refuse a hug. Not even if you were a child and I were dressed like the aggro cag. <laughs> Do you have anything you'd like to plug? Sure. Well, uh, I guess I left for hypothetical time-traveling adventures before I even mentioned how you can find my blog. Uh, if you go to the website chicagonow.com and search geek, uh, I'm the first thing that comes up, Geek Girl Chicago. Or type chicagonow.com backslash geek dash girl dash Chicago. There's a lot of dashes, so I don't like saying it. So uh, many dashes. I know. Dash attack. I also have a Facebook and a Twitter both of those are Geek Girl Chicago, and I write on them all the time. Uh, my current thing that I am uh, on a quest for is the Emporium Arcade Bar in partnership with Bucket List Events and Lakeshore Beverage and Tallgrass Brewery are having a summer arcade tournament, uh, and they're looking for people to join. And so if you go to my blog, you can get a 20% discount to have many beers and many fun times and never go outside all summer. Yay! Emporium Arcade Bar? Is that in Chicago? It is in Wicker Park, yes. Uh, Emporium is the location where the tournament will be taking place. Uh, once a week, check out the blog for more details. It's uh, 9 p.m. once a week. Pretty cool. Sounds super duper. Yeah, and then you get to be in the dark instead of in the sun, which is what I'm about. Yeah, F the sun, that stupid ball of heat. Hey, and if you want to continue to stay in the dark and just listen to fun audio things, why not subscribe to Blaster Podcast? If you haven't already, please subscribe. Uh, go on iTunes and leave us some stars and a rating. Let me know that you're out there. Also, if you have questions, quest- if you have questions for Dottore, <laughs> I think I'm morphing into some sort of... Half man, half beak. Uh, if you have questions for Detore, find me on Twitter at Ask Detore. You can ask me anything you want, and I will answer them upon a microsecond. So, Lauren? Yes, Detore. It's been a tempestuous ride. I suppose. Uh, I think I'm going to ask you to walk the rest of the way to Mechemical City. Okay. I really do wish you'd go to a convention sometime, Detore. I think you would like it. You, you can come. Ba ba ba. Away! <sighs> <laughs> The Blaster Podcast theme song was composed by Stephen Poon, www.timecrashband.com.